The biggest matchup when the Texas A&M Aggies take on the Tennessee Volunteers is going to be, can the Aggies give Max Johnson time in the pocket? You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in the Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Went on a radio show based out of Knoxville yesterday. And talk to those guys about this matchup. And, you know, it was a great opportunity that I learned more about this Tennessee football team. We got to talk about this matchup. But it was a great, it was great all around for everybody. And the first thing that we talked about was how is this Texas A&M offensive line going to stop the talented, incredibly talented Tennessee pass rush, front seven, defensive line. And the way I look at this is this is this this truly, in my opinion, will make or break this football game. And I think you could make that argument for a whole bunch of games left on Texas A&M's schedule. Now, I do think this front seven, this pass rush, is one of the best you're going to face the rest of the year. You know, I, I'll add that caveat to this. But what we saw on Saturday cannot fly that cannot fly the Aggies are not going to win football games if the offensive line plays like that you just can't you can't win football games like that and that's what's so scary about this game is now you're going against arguably you really could make the argument that this is a better pass rush so um and it's very similar you know so but whether it's better whether it's the same Beside the point, the, the point is that it's a talented pass rush that is really going to give this Texas A&M offensive line trouble. They have to give Max Johnson time. If they don't give Max Johnson time, I don't know how Texas a is going to move the football and win this game. I, I just, I don't. Because, you know, this team, I, I, Tennessee is going to score some points, I, I think. I, I think Milton, you know, I know he hasn't had the year many anticipated, but I still believe that he can throw the football at a high level and they can score points. They got some talented weapons there. I think they're going to score some points. You have to score points of your own. A, a lot of games you're going to play the rest of the season, you still got LSU and Ole Miss on this schedule. There's going to be a whole lot of shootouts on the rest of Texas A&M's 2023 schedule. You have got to be able to hang with teams that are going to score points. I mean, LSU and Ole Miss is a great example. Like you, they are going to score. You can try and not let them score as much as they usually do, but they're going to score points. And that, I think, is what we're at Tennessee. You know, the offense isn't as prolific as those two I just discussed, but Tennessee, there's they still have some solid running backs, some solid receivers, good weapons, and a quarterback who has a cannon for an arm. They can they can move the football. You know, Tennessee, that one ugly loss to Florida, they're, they're, you know, they, they take that game over down in the swamp. I think if you give them a redo, I, Florida is not a good football team. I think Tennessee played 
an horrendous game, and you don't get redos in this game. So I, I think that that kind of they're not going to get that one back. But I think if they did get it back, they would beat that that um, Florida team again. So I, I think that Tennessee is a good football team. Is what I'm saying here, and they've got a really good pass rush. And if you don't give Max Johnson time, it is going to be incredibly terrifying. Um, I, I, and I think that you could argue, hey, could we game plan for this? Could we say, could Coach Petrino kind of make a plan of like, hey, this is what we're going to do. We are going to get the football out of Max's hand quick. We're going to run a lot of slants, a lot of wide receiver screens, a lot of throw things out in the flat, get things out to Jake Johnson quick. Run. They, they could do things like that. You could do stuff like that, but at the end of the day, the, you know, the downfield passing game is what I think Max's biggest strength is. He's got to be able to push the ball downfield. If he's not able to push the ball downfield because he doesn't have time, you know, I mean, you can dink and dunk all you want, but you need those chunk plays to win football games. So um, that's the that is the most significant, most significant matchup in this game is is Texas A&M's offensive line versus Tennessee's pass rush, front seven, defensive line, whatever you want to call it there. That is is the number one key. If, if you win that matchup, I think the Aggies win this football game. If you don't, I think Texas A&M loses this football game. And I really think you could make the argument that it will come down to that matchup. The next biggest matchup I have here is Texas A&M versus the red zone, or you could say versus themselves in the red zone. This is we're going to talk about some quotes from Coach Fisher in segment three today here on Locked on Aggies. But Coach Fisher, um, one of them, spoiler alert, is the red zone offense has to be better. You look at the numbers, and I get where he's coming from. You've been in the red zone 28 times this season, scored 16 touchdowns. He's made it very clear, Coach Fisher, that he wants that percentage of, of red zone touchdowns to be around 75 it's currently sitting at 57. That is not where you want it to be. We want it to be where Coach Fisher wants it to be, which is 75. So when you get the football to the red zone, you have got to punch it in for seven. We have got to stop settling for three. Now, I mean, here's the deal. We'll take three points. Three points, it doesn't hurt you, but we'd prefer seven. I think we can all agree on that. So that is what I want to see in this ball game, let's say Texas A&M, let's say they're in the red zone four times, score three touchdowns. That that would make my day if you did that. And then the four, you know, the fourth hit Randy make your field goal. That right there is twenty four points. Will twenty four points win this game? Now I'll tell you this: I don't think this game is going to be a shootout by any stretch of the imagination. I do lean toward this game being. Around there, you know, 24, 27, 31, 27, like, like not a not a 49 to 52 kind of thing. I think this is going to be more in the high 20s, low 30s type of ball game. So, you know, 24 points could win it, maybe. I, you know, I think I, I think these, these are two pretty good defenses. I think 24 points could potentially win this game. I lean toward maybe 31 winning it, 27 winning it. But that's what one thing that has got to be better in this game is the red zone offense. You, I, I, every game the rest of the year, I want to see it around 75% or better. Maybe one game, it's 100% to help boost those numbers. But it's something that has got to be better this year if the Aggies want to you know, kind of kind of rebound from, from the couple of losses early in the year and have this season that us fans want them to have. So I want to see that. 
I want to see the Aggies win that matchup. I want to see them, and it's it, you could argue it's against themselves. So you could argue it's against Tennessee defense. But I want to see Texas A&M score touchdowns instead of field goals in the red zone on Saturday in Neyland against the Tennessee Volunteers. The last matchup we're going to talk about here before we move on to segment two and talk about some more big matchups in this game is that Texas A&M needs to run the football well. You know, they made it clear against Alabama they wanted to run the football. And flat out, it, it just didn't go well. They have got to do a better job running the football. This is a game where you know we talk about, I feel pretty confident in Texas A&M's downfield passing game. I feel confident in Texas A&M's dink and dunk passing game. But the rushing attack, I know they've broken off some big ones. We've seen some, some big runs broken off by Le'Veon Moss and Amari Daniels and Ruben Owens. But at the end of the day, it, they haven't been at the level that we would we would hope. I think you need more big plays in the running game. I mean, I'm pretty sure that the – and oh, I should have written this down, but I'm pretty sure that the, the, the biggest run on Saturday was like nine yards for for uh, from running back. It was nine yards for Le'Veon Moss. And it's like that that isn't going to work. You have got to start getting some chunk plays on the ground. It can't all happen through the air. I think that Aggie fans feel more confident with the football in the air than they do with the football on the ground just based off what we've seen – numerical lead this season. I don't know if that's a word, but um, point is, I think we need to see that. We need to see this running game complement the passing game. It's going to open things up. I've said that a ton. I've, I'm beating that drum, but the, the, the running game being successful will open things up in the passing game, and we need to see that. We have got to see this rush attack be, be more better. It flat out just needs to be better. If it's not better, it's going to be a struggle to throw the football against this team because you can just kind of sell out almost. So we need to see, and this a little bit falls back to the offensive line. We need to see a push. We need to see you get a push against this defensive line to uh, be able to move the football on the ground and then turn that into some play-action passes. That is how you win this football game is you have that balance. That's how you win any football game, and we need to see it on Saturday. Tennessee is only allowing 192 yards per game through the air. How can the Aggies attack them through the air? We'll talk about that coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Jace Medical. Jace Medical is one of the most interesting new up-and-coming companies I've seen in a long time. You know, of course, when they um, became a sponsor of the show, they sent me some of their product, and I did some research on the, on, the, on the company, and it's just an all-around great company. They have two products they offer. They offer the Jace case, and they offer Jace Daily. The Jace case is what we talked about to open the show. They send you five different antibiotics that can help with different things. It's convenient. It's good in emergency. It's good if, hey, if you're on a fishing trip or a hunting trip and something happens and you need antibiotics, boom, there it is. Jace Daily provides a year's supply of your daily medications. And that is what is is convenient for multiple different things. If a, a loved one takes a daily medi a daily medication, and you want to make sure they have an extra supply just in case they run out or they forget to order it or or it's on uh, back order and you can't get it for a few weeks, Jace Daily is a great product to make sure you always have the medicines you need. I highly recommend checking out this product. It really can help you out in the pinch and help out in disasters. Get twenty dollars off these life saving antibiotics today. 
from Jace Medical by using my code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. Check them out, ladies and gentlemen. I promise you will not regret it. So, some of the other big matchups, the games within the game we're going to see here is one of them is Tennessee is has done a pretty good job against the pass this year. We need to see the receivers get open. And frankly, you know, and, and I, let me pull this up to make sure. Let's let's run through these numbers while, while I talk about this. But I want to see Evan Stewart get more involved in the game. I know that he he missed a game a few weeks ago, and he um, and he's had a couple big even games where he doesn't have a massive stat line. He's done a good job making some plays to kind of help the team. So, like, let's go through. Against Auburn, I, he had that big, long touchdown, but what was his stat line? Let's see. Against Auburn, he was three catches for 50 yards and one touchdown. Okay? That isn't how much he should be hitting the football, in my opinion. Against Arkansas, he had two receptions for 50 yards and a touchdown. These touchdowns are great, but at the end of the day, what was the biggest thing that the coaching staff talked about Coach Petrino specifically, feed the studs. That is what he talked about doing. And frankly, you know, looking at these numbers, I think that Evan Stewart, now I get it, you have a talented wide receiver room, but at the end of the day, Evan Stewart is one of the guys that needs the football fed to him. So once again, look at these numbers, Evan Stewart against Alabama, three for 46. Um, you, you, and this is, this is a, once again, a little foreshadowing to some quotes from Coach Fisher. Because it's one of the things he talked about is we have got to get the football to Evan Stewart more. Looking at those numbers, three catches. I mean, that is not going to fly. I need this guy being force-fed targets. Get the football to him. And, and it doesn't have to be downfield passing. Get the ball to him and let him be shifty. Let him make people miss. So, you know, I talked about Tennessee's only really allowing a buck 92 uh, um, through the air a game. And, you know, you got to do it. You got to make sure that you're doing a good job of, of the receivers getting open. That's everybody. That's Moose. That's Anias. That's um, Noah. That's all these guys got to be getting open, helping out Max Johnson. But I think they've got to find a way. And, and I'll, I'll add Anias to that too, but force feed these guys. Anias has been getting more and more involved every week. But I think that you've got to get the football in their hands and just let them make people miss. Let them be shifty. Let them make plays with their legs. That is what it's going to take to win this football game. So we need to see that. We need to see these receivers running open. We need to see Max Johnson getting the ball to him and feed your studs. Get the ball to Anaya Smith and Evan Stewart. We really need to see that in this ball game. Um, the next matchup that we have here is Texas A&M's pass rush versus Tennessee's offensive line. Tennessee has not allowed a lot of sacks. The offensive line has done a great job this season. And you got to get pressure on Joe Milton. The guys I talked to on the Knoxville show the other day, they talked about how, you know, Milton's had some accuracy issues so far this season. And he's kind of at times, you know, he, so he's had his um, accuracy issues. So you don't want him to get outside the pocket and run. He's not Jalen Milrow. And frankly, I don't even think, I, I think you can make the argument that he's a little bit more athletic than KJ Jefferson, but I still, they use KJ Jefferson more in the run game than I think Tennessee is going to use uh, Milton. So you got to do a good job of, of, you know, make sure he doesn't have that big running play, but get after him in the pocket. 
if he, 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 he clearly he's been inaccurate with clean pockets. So think how, how inaccurate he'll be if you get pressure on him all game long. So I think that that's, we got to see this Texas A&M pass rush continue to dominate, continue to rack up sacks, continue to get after the passer. And I think if you do that, we talk about this a lot, pressure creates mistakes. I think if you pressure him, he's liable to turn the football over. We need to see that on Saturday. We need to see this Texas A&M pass rush get to uh, Milton all game long. Hopefully that will create some turnovers from him and he'll you know give the football back to the Aggies and potentially some good field position. The next one I have is Tennessee's third down per- conversion percentage is not great, 41%. Okay, And Texas A&M's defense has been pretty good on third down. This is a way that you can win this game. Get them off the field on third down. Get Tennessee off the field on third down. If you can do this at a high level, this is another good way that you can get an advantage in this game. Third, you know, third down percentage is, is you can often look at that and really associate that with who the better team was, who won the game, why did they win the game. A lot of times you can chop that up to third down percentage. Well, our team was better on uh, can, on third down conversions on offense, and we were stopping them on defense. We won the football game. We were better on third down. Being better on third down is a big deal, and we need to see that from Texas A&M's defense, getting Tennessee off the field on third down. They haven't been great on third down, as I said, 41% conversion percentage. So get them off the field. If you can get them off the field on third down, you really are in business in this football game, in my opinion. So I need to see that play out. I need to see this Texas A&M defense get them off the field. If you can do that, I think this is a great way, a great opportunity for you to go out and win this football game. The last one is I have Aggies versus crowd noise. You hate giving credit to another school, to another to another um, team and another fan base, but uh, Tennessee has one of the best atmospheres, in my opinion, in the SEC. I think it's right up there with LSU and Texas A&M. These are some incredible atmospheres where the fans are so loud, like your ears are bleeding when you leave. And I, I talk about it all the time. I think that that Alabama-Tennessee game last season was one of the coolest things I've ever seen, one of the best atmospheres I've seen in college football in a long time. So this fan base is ready to come and scream all day long. I mean, this is going to be the loudest atmosphere I think you've played in all season. Um, You know, I mean, Miami wasn't really like that. I don't think it was like that in Arlington. And then, you know, you play Bam at home, you play Auburn at home. So I think this is going to be your biggest test on the road, uh, noise-wise, in my opinion. So, You've got to do a good job preparing for that. And, you know, we, we've done, we, 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 everyone talks about the, well, play the music at the practice and play the, play Rocky Top as loud as it can go. Get the players ready to know what that's going to sound like, what that's going to be like. And, you know, I think that's a big deal. I think being ready to go for that is a big deal. Playing in, in, you know, it's five hours. About, I, I it, it, these players, I tell a story about myself all the time. So I played hockey in eighth grade. I played for, um, now pitching, it got me more used to it, but in eighth grade, I, 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 uh, played hockey. I played for the high school varsity team and I was an eighth grader. So, you know, in, in playing baseball growing up, there was never people really, you know, getting on you when you're young playing baseball, except for maybe the, um, some parents. But the point is I was at this game and these, all these high school students, standing right behind me and I'm trying to play goalie and they're like banging on the glass and doing all this. And it like, it got in my head. I, you know, I hadn't been a part of it. And I tell that story 
obviously these these Texan football players have had experience. They've been yelled at. They've they've had fan bases scream in their face. They understand all that. But the point is, you know, if you let it get to you, it can get to you. And they need to be prepared for this. They need to be ready to go. They need to understand that this Tennessee fan base is going to be loud. They're going to be screaming. They're going to be getting after it. They're probably going to be consuming a lot of alcoholic beverages. You have got to make sure that you are ready for this atmosphere because it's going to be crazy and it's going to probably be unless if that LSU game, I don't, I don't remember if the times been released for that ball game, but if that, if that's a night game, those two, atmospheres will combat each other nicely this game on Saturday. And then the LSU game at night on the road, those two atmospheres are going to be what really you learn about this team. So this is a good way. You got to be prepared for it. You got to know it's, it's going to be there. You got to know they're going to be playing Rocky top about 47 times. That is what they do. They're a proud fan base. They're a loud fan base. This Texan and football team needs to be mentally prepared for that and ready to go because they're going to be loud on Saturday. You can't let that be a reason. You can't be a false start. You can't be making mistakes like that because of crowd noise. Prepare for it now so you're ready for it on Saturday. We are going to read some quotes from Coach Fisher in his press conference, talk about some different things. He talked about some injuries and different things of the sort coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is awesome. Those of you that are into fantasy football, it's basically fantasy football betting in essence. They had they they do over and unders on stats. So you know, you uh, last night there or two nights ago on Monday that there was a ball game. The Packers played the Raiders, and you could do the the whole. Well, how many rushing yards did AJ Dillon have? How many passing yards did Jordan Love have? Uh, what did Garoppolo Stellan look like? And you can bet that they'll they set a line to start the game. You pick over, higher, lower. You can put as uh, you can put different bets in. It's just it's fun to do. It makes the game more fun. You get to root for players. If your fantasy football team is struggling, like this guy's is right here, it's gonna help. It's gonna help you out to enjoy football games. So I highly recommend going to check out Prize Picks. And they do it for everything: basketball, baseball. Go check out Prize Picks. I promise you won't regret it. Go to PrizePicks.com slash LockedOnCollege and use code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Uh, price picks daily fantasy made easy. Now, before we wrap it up and call it a day here on Locked On Aggies, we are going to run through some quotes from Coach Fisher. Um, just kind of some talking about injuries, some recapping the game the other day. So we're just going to run through these. So he talked. I talked about Saturday. He said we move the ball. We consistently move the ball up and down the field, and some stuff. And some of the stuff that caused us not to was our own mistakes. It's a good point. He then goes on to say, I'm talking about Evan Stewart. This is kind of what I was basing it off of. We have we have to get the ball in Evan's hands. There's no doubt he's got to touch it. Your playmakers have to touch it. And Evan is certainly one of them. That's what we talked about. Feed your studs. Get the football in Evan Stewart's hands. If you get it in his hands, he is going to do good things with it. You got to get him the football. Get it to him. A whole bunch because he's going to do positive things with the football. Um, Coach Fisher on Edgerton. I'm sorry on Edge. Ed, I always try on Edger and Cooper. His first name gets me every time. That's why I always say Cooper. But he's trusting himself and his eyes more. That comes with maturity. When he runs and explodes, he's one heck of an athlete. When he uh, reacts, he gets he gets two plays. He had three sacks this week. Cooper's a great player, and he really come on these last few weeks. PFF has graded them out 
really well over these last few weeks. He's just playing great football at a great time for this team, and you need to see that continue on Saturday against the Tennessee Volunteers. Here's the quote from Coach Fisher on the red zone percentage. He said, you want, you want 75. We've neglected a couple of times, and it, run, um, and it runs and throws. So we have to do a better job. We have to score more points and get touchdowns when we get in the red zone. We talked about that number. You just flat out have to be better in the red zone. He wants to be better on running the football. He wants to be better throwing the football. We need that percentage to be up near 70. And then uh, talking about himself, I like seeing this from Coach Fisher, you know, taking a little bit of accountability for how stuff's gone this year. And he said, I blame myself. We have to prepare them better. Um, and then he talked about the team's character. As long as there's, as long as there is love and caring for each other, you're going to come back and play hard and do what you have to do. This team seems to be uh, fighting together, staying together despite a couple of losses, which is good to see. So I've been impressed with that. And I think Coach Fisher's doing a good job keeping them together despite a couple of losses and people talking and all that. Um, and then here's talking about the atmosphere. Coach Fisher on the atmosphere in Neyland Stadium. Tennessee is one of those tough places, but hopefully our maturity and leadership. Um, we're a little older this year. Hopefully those things will help. We've talked about how good the atmosphere is. It's good to hear Coach Fisher talking about it because that tells me that, you know, he hey, he understands it's going to be something they have to pay attention to. And then the last quote here before we call it a day, talking about a couple injuries. Talking about Ruben Fothery, he said he's still rehabbing, trying to get back. That, you don't love to see that. Uh, Basantis, I thought he'd been doing a good job. I mean, I just saw Basantis, which is funny after the game the other day, but on like a midpoint through the year, freshman All-American list. And, you know, Basantis, he's going to have a great career, but boy, did he struggle the other day. But so Fathry, that definitely is concerning hearing that he's still rehabbing back. I mean, I, I, it, it almost makes you feel like you might not see him this year. Obviously, that's not confirmed, but that's just kind of what makes you makes you think that, seeing that we haven't really heard anything positive about him. And then talking about cornerback Tony Grimes, coach says that he has not been able to practice consistently since the beginning of the season with a lingering lower body injury. Same thing there. It just really feels like you're not going to see him, which is a shame because heading into the year, we thought we were going to be seeing a ton of Tony Grimes. So seeing him not on the football field stinks, and it really going to, you know, he was a guy that I saw in a lot of mock drafts. So you hate that for him. That is going to do it. For today's episode of Locked On Aggies, thank you so much for tuning in every single day. Hope you all have a great rest of your day today, and we will see you tomorrow.